Welcome to Crucial Conversations. I'm Peter. And I'm Kevin. I don't even know what to say now. <laughs> well. I, I'm enjoying our new equipment, though. This is, this is quite nice. Yes, Set, thank Setting you. up and, and going with this. Thank you to everyone who helped us. This, this was actually a grant from Village Lutheran Church. So thank you, Village. Um, we appreciate this very much. And we can have more guests now, too, which yes. is cool. Now we have but, to convince somebody to want to talk to us. Yeah, and and then have it be distributed publicly for other people to listen to. Well, there's an idea. Okay, so let's just get into what we're going to talk about today. One of the shifts that we're making on our podcast is taking our series on Christology and hermeneutics into the real world. How, how does that sound, Kevin? Is that, is that accurate? We'll talk about that as well. We'll, we'll. we'll talk about whether that's actually what we're doing or not. But what we're going to do today is we're actually going to talk about the metaverse. Which is not the real world, <laughs> ironically. That's <laughs> nothing to do with the real world. Well, we're, we're talking about the metaverse, not because like everybody else is, but because it's something Kevin and I have been talking a lot about and thinking a lot about and have actually begun doing some presentations on. And so we thought what we've been talking about might be useful to you guys as an audience as well. However many of you there happen to be listening to this if there's still anybody around, because it's been so long since we've been done an episode. Anyways, here's, here's how this is going to go. I am going to present quotes from thinkers, movers, shakers, funders, financers within the metaverse space. The people who are creating this, who are funding it, who are investing their very livelihood into making the metaverse a success and sharing how they want you to think about the metaverse, how they want to influence you to think about reality itself, actually, is where we're going to end up with this. And then I'm going to turn it over to Kevin, who is going to talk about how Jesus wants you to consider reality itself. How's that sound, Kevin? Or something like that. Or something like that. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about, okay, here's the church in that's really in the middle of these two things, but as a third category of which one is the church being influenced by and how can you tell and um, how do you, well, I've already kind of given it away. That, I say, that let's just go. This, yeah, let's, let's just, just go. Start. Okay. All right. Here we go. So first of all, if, if you're not familiar with the metaverse, we're just going to give you a quick definition of it. Uh, said definition that I have here written down has already kind of changed and is slightly different because this is always a moving target. So let's just get that out there up front. The metaverse can be considered any mixed reality realm that, while rooted in real life, lets participants collaborate and transact in immersive virtual spaces via augmented reality and virtual reality headsets and controllers. Okay, so the reason that's already different is because it's not just headsets and controllers. There's now, like, full-body suits. They're really expensive, not necessarily available to everybody on the market, but there are whole body suits that now uh, you can use to access the metaverse and to interact. Another thing that I want to say up front as we're talking about the metaverse is a lot of this is about recognizing the language that's being used. What we say and how we say it ma actually matters. It makes a difference because language itself can impact how we perceive reality. As Christians, especially as Lutherans, uh, when we're talking about the Eighth Commandment, we already know this very basic fact to be true. 
the eighth commandment is do not bear false witness against your neighbor because we know the words we use about our neighbor will influence how somebody perceives their neighbor, will influence that individual's reality of how they perceive their neighbor. So we know that words words do this. So words are very important, so important that there's an entire commandment based around how we use them. Also, words spoke everything into existence, which is pretty cool. Kevin will talk about that in a little bit. So when we talk about the metaverse as reality, we're talking about the church as reality, it's important what we say and how we say it. All right, let's get to our first quote here. If we're going to talk about the metaverse, you got to start with Mark Zuckerberg, not because he's the inventor of the metaverse. Don't ever think that he invented it. It was around before him. But he's the person who's talking about it the most in the last couple years. He's taken Facebook, changed the name to Meta, and redirected the entire multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar, I don't know how much money they make now, organization around like making the metaverse popular and cool and the place everybody wants to be. So here's what he said in his keynote speech when they were releasing, doing the name change to Meta and kind of jumping in. We will feel like we are there with other people in a way that we can't feel in our digital experiences today. We will be able to see things around us, touch things with our hands. Notice the emphasis, the focus on experience that your experience of a thing is what makes it real. Oh, I'm going backwards in my slides. Got to go forwards. Yeah, eight comes after seven, right, Kevin? Is that how that works? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not the metaverse. (laughs) Now, talking about experience determining your reality, this is a quote from the CEO of the VR dating service, Never Met. And first of all, just think about that. A dating service called Never Met. And it doesn't matter whether you have heard of all of these individuals. The, the main thing to keep in mind is these are the people investing in making the metaverse successful and pervasive in your life. These are the ones who are telling you, here, here's, they're trying to shape your thinking on this. Cam says, physical attraction will become one of several factors rather than the primary way people connect. I... <laughs> There's so much it in that. needs like a moment of <laughs> silence to, to process that. Process that. Physical attraction idea. will become one of several factors rather than the primary way people connect. Taking virtual forms can allow users to, quote, feel like their best self. So remember, in, in this theme of our experience is what determines reality. How we feel is what is actually real. Next, we have... Uh, I want to kind of highlight Emi Tamaki. She's a Japanese developer and startup founder. You probably have never heard of her. You'd only know her if you looked her up or she happened to be cited in an article. But you need to know what she's doing. She is working on wearables that stimulate pain, quote, to turn the metaverse world into a real world. So now, continuing with our theme of experience, determining your reality, let's add pain to this experience so that in the metaverse you're experiencing pain also this one's we've already kind of started moving down this path with the metaverse when i mentioned that there are now suits that you can wear there are haptic feedback suits um one individual who's a writer for tech radar 
tried one out. Here's what he said about the experience. I could feel the rain falling on my body, a sandstorm whipping past me, and recoil from firearms as I hit targets in a virtual shooting range. So here he is experiencing all of this. It feels very real. Now, now Kevin, I want to add one more thing to this, an article that I found after we did all these presentations. I'm continuing to kind of compile articles and quotes. There, there is an individual, and I'm blanking on his name because I didn't prepare as well as I should have for this, but <laughs> he created a VR headset with the goal of giving you real consequences. Now, it's interesting that he phrases it this way, for one. Real-life consequences for in-game occurrences. And here's what this VR headset does. It has three metal spikes with, like, gunpowder blast charges on it. And it is set up so that if you die in your game, these spikes will go off and kill you in real life. So this guy is trying to combine these two realities together, which actually is what the metaverse does. The metaverse is combining all of these realities together, ha- having them all be one reality, hence metaverse. It's meta, it encompasses all of them. And he's like, look, there's no consequences in these online video games. We gotta have consequences so that people can really feel like they're progressing. Now, he also has said he's he's too chicken to try it himself. I would think so. <laughs> But he just felt like he had to make it because this is the kind of thing he felt just it really needs to exist, even if he can't, you know, summon up the bravery to use it himself. Okay. Experience is reality. All your all your feelings is what determines reality for you. The metaverse, this is what they are doing with the metaverse. You're probably already hearing similar themes as to what you're seeing in the world around you with your feelings determining your reality. Um, we see this in the gender ideology debates and all that kind of stuff. How you feel is who you are. All right, well, let's let's take another step deeper into this. Mark Andreessen is another name that you probably haven't heard the name a lot, but you've used a lot of the stuff that this guy has helped develop. He's a tech billionaire. He's known as the Internet King Many of us, when the internet first came out, got on the internet using the Netscape Navigator browser. Is Netscape even around anymore? I don't think so. I, I don't think it is. Well, Mark is the guy who built that. That was his thing. Like he's, That was one of his first forays into it, but um, he's on the board for Meta. He's also been part of companies like LinkedIn, Twitter, Clubhouse, Substack. He's been a major funder of getting companies like that up and going. So this is a... He is a major player in the tech world, and he is a huge investor into the metaverse, one of the guys who is interested in making this reality. Here is something that he said on a podcast when he was being interviewed about the metaverse. Reality has had 5,000 years to get good and is clearly still woefully lacking for most people. I don't think we should wait another 5,000 years to see if it eventually closes the gap. We should build... And we are building online worlds that make life and work and love wonderful for everyone, no matter what level of reality deprivation they find themselves in. Hmm. So, so we've, he's coined a new term, mm-hmm. the, the reality deprived. But once again, just kind of 
ponder that quote. Reality has had 5,000 years. I don't think we should give it any more time. Let's, let's move on to the next thing. You, you, you can see some of these people are very much along the path towards transhumanism. Like that mm-hmm. is their goal. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's release the mind from the physical limitations of the body and put it into other physical things, ironically right. enough. Right. <laughs> um, so the whole metaverse thing isn't necessarily about transhumanism, but there are definitely close ties between the philosophy of transhumanism and what many people are trying to do with the metaverse. So we want to be careful not to conflate the two and say, oh, it's all the same thing. But you can very easily see how some of the things happening in the metaverse might be very encouraging towards those who are in the transhumanist camp and could be seen as a step forward and progress towards the singularity, which is a transhumanism term. Kevin, are we going to do an episode on transhumanism at some point? It sounds like we are. Yeah, yeah. We Not, not with this one, but we're kind of getting there. Maybe the next one. Maybe, maybe the next one. <laughs> All right. Jane McGonigal. McGonigal is a professor at UC Berkeley. Go figure. Aren't they yeah. always? Yes. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> she's a game designer and, uh, and the author of the book Reality is Broken. And this is a quote from that book, which I haven't read. So just up being totally upfront, right. I found this quote in researching and I was like, okay, this, this really fits and is very nice. Here's what she says. The real world just doesn't offer up as easily the carefully designed pleasures, the thrilling challenges, and the powerful social bonding afforded by virtual environments. Reality doesn't motivate us as effectively. Reality isn't engineered to maximize our potential. Reality wasn't designed from the bottom up to make us happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's right. Well, I guess. (laughs) But, but once again, think of how language is, is being used here and the assumptions behind this, especially as you're considering these are the people who are pushing the metaverse, who are building the metaverse, who want you to use the metaverse. And these are some of the quotes that explain why they want you to be there and why they think it's a good thing for you to be in the metaverse and using the metaverse. And finally, our, our final quote, for, um, we're going to go back to Mark Zuckerberg. I just want to use this this quote not because I think he intended to sound um, the the way this one's going to come across. I don't think he intended it that way. But as Christians, it's very hard not to hear it with these certain overtones. Here's what he says in regards to the metaverse: You'll be able to create nuanced worlds with just your voice. Mm-hmm. So once again, as Christians. We're like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. There, there is someone who has done that. <laughs> it's not me. Right. So once again, he's not trying to make it sound like he's God in, a, in an actual God sense. But in a metaverse sense, he is yes. kind of like, yeah. you're, you're literally creating your own world just with your voice. The funny thing is when he actually tried to demo this in one of the videos about a year ago, it was an utter failure. Yep. It was just terrible. <laughs> it, yep. was, it was comical. And his efforts at creating a metaverse in, in, in these ways that he's promised have completely failed mm-hmm. <laughs> and just been mocked mercilessly. Um, you finally have legs in the metaverse. 
Well, except you don't actually, because it turns out that the demo in which he showed that you finally have legs, those legs were specific just for that demo and not actually available oh. to people. <laughs> yeah, it gets it's it's really interesting. He's having a really hard time being the creator he wishes to be in his in his metaverse. So, just just a quick recap. In the metaverse, what is real is your human experience. Who you are, the essence of you, is is your mind, it's your emotions, it's your feelings, uh, which is once again determined by your experience. How do you know that this is what is real? Well, you experienced it, therefore it's real. What's the goal of your existence? Well, in the metaverse, the goal of existence is improvement and progress. We see this with Mark Andreessen in his quote, you know, Reality had, reality had 5,000 years, hasn't gotten any better. Let's, let's try again. We got something else. There is a problem with your existence. It, it is broken, so they do recognize reality is broken. But as Professor McGonigal said, it's, it's broken because it doesn't make us happy. And, and that's the problem, because it wasn't designed to make us happy. Well, what's the solution? With your voice. Just create a better universe for the reality deprived and that will fix everything. So that's, that's a quick 15 minute run through of the metaverse, the creators of the metaverse, the funders of the metaverse, the founders of the metaverse, the financers of the metaverse, how they want you to think about the metaverse. Now keep in mind, none of this in, in this conversation for our purposes right now is a commentary on should you or should you not be in the metaverse? We're, we're going to get to that point. We'll have some of those discussions. But this is simply awareness of, like anything else in the world, that humans do together. Discernment is required as we are engaging in, in these activities. And you need to know here is what they want you to think and do regarding the metaverse. Kevin? I think, you know, I, you're, you're right. And, and it takes a while to wrap your mind around some of these things. I think when we first started going down this path of, of looking into how to talk about this with the church, I think we were both kind of shocked mm -hmm. at the explicit religious creative language that was being used. I think we'd assumed a lot of these things, but then when we found people saying them explicitly, it was almost shocking how how just upfront these people are. Do they realize they're saying this out loud? Right. They're going to give away everything and well, people are going to see. And they're quite literally saying, like, our reality is a total failure. <laughs> so we need to get out of our reality into a different reality. And that we can fix it. Which has always kind of been the science fiction fantasy book, you know, movie idea is mm -hmm. that we're going to replace your pitiful existence with at least two hours of a make-believe existence where, <laughs> you know, you can, you can fly a jet plane or you can be a different character in a different world or whatever. And you kind of suspend reality for those couple hours and then you kind of have to turn off the movie or get out of the movie theater or whatever. Sports does the same thing. For three hours, I'm part of a game somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then when it's over, I got to go back to my life. Well, now they're kind of saying you can you can actually create an existence in which you suspend 
the reality of everyday life into a better reality. So this is this is kind of now that we have the technology, we can just ramp this up even more. And this escapism, yeah, is actually being talked about not in terms of entertainment, but in terms of being, yeah, and your real self, and you know that there's a greater reality in this make-believe reality. And, and that's really where this is starting to become a problem because Christians and churches are actually trying to figure out how to exist in this and maybe even have a congregation in this false reality. Mm-hmm. And that really brings into question, not only is this entertainment that Christians can participate in, but can we actually exist in the metaverse as Christians or even as the body of Christ? Yeah. Can, we, can we take advantage of this new technology for the gospel? Can, can we spread the gospel there? Can we actually assemble people in this reality and call that the church? Mm-hmm. So these become really big questions, um, which even go beyond the idea of making Christian movies or Christian entertainment. But really now, is there a new reality for the church to consider existing in? Yeah. And... That's why, you know, as we've done research on this and we've led some seminars on this and talked about it, it, it kind of continues to expose the assumptions behind the metaverse as really being kind of philosophical and religious assumptions and proposing a solution that really tries to replace God and spirituality with some kind of experiential existence that is quite literally on a higher plane than what we actually experience. Mm-hmm. And now what we see is people have noticed this and they're trying to make that experience reality. So now you can actually die in real life if you die in the metaverse. <laughs> I mean, just think about the line we just crossed. Right. You know, I mean, that's part of the suspension of of reality when you play a video game. I mean, I haven't played video games in so don't listen to me. But <laughs> back in the day, you could get cheat codes and never die. You know, you could just, right. didn't matter what you did. And that's kind of how you, sometimes you learned how to play a game, right? Yeah. But if you actually remove that suspended reality in which I could now actually have real consequences for what's happening in this, is it is it any longer fantasy? Is it any longer escapism? Mm-hmm. Or have we brought what we're trying to escape into this new reality? And And... What happens is the more that you listen to these people talk about um, the metaverse, even transhumanism, is they start running into these questions very quickly. I know one person actually asked, does morality exist in a world that I create? Mm -hmm. Or do I create my own morality into every instantiation of the metaverse in which I participate? One, One article that I read... The author said it's it's utterly ridiculous to import morality from this reality into the metaverse. And he questioned the very idea, why would you even do that? That's just silly. You've created this entirely new thing. It should be governed by its own rules and laws. The current morality under which you live should not be imported into that because it's something else entirely different. 
So that's all well and good until somebody else is offended by the morality or immorality that you bring to the metaverse, and then they sue you in reality yeah. for what happened in the metaverse, which <laughs> has actually happened. Yep. And so now the, the big question becomes, what morality governs behavior in the metaverse? Mm-hmm. And does the U.S. government dictate that that well what if yeah, which, i'm in the metaverse laws? with yeah. some somebody else from a different country or or what if um you know all the scenarios you can come up with is who like you said who brings the morality into the metaverse does the creator of the metaverse and this is becoming a big problem is if i create a metaverse in which you can participate am i liable for anything that happens to you in that metaverse mm-hmm. even if i don't do it if yeah. someone else does it yep so now we have to have kind of end user agreements that exonerates the, the creator from any moral implications. And, and remember, and just, this, this comes up because the, the goal is for the you in the metaverse to actually be a legitimate you. Right. It's not just this pretend avatar character that you're playing. No, the whole narrative of the metaverse is this is you who is there or a version of you, or a part of you, if not all of you. And so these questions aren't just silly video game questions anymore because the creators themselves are, remember, trying to convince you this is you, this right. is real. You are truly here. And the more we, we create experiential realities, the more we can experience immorality as well as pleasure. Mm-hmm. And and this is kind of some of the almost naive approach that some people have had to this is that we're going to create something better. And when when humans run the show, it's going to turn out better than what God has given us in, this, in reality. <laughs> Which, I mean, let's did, just be honest. Did you not that. read Genesis? Did That's, you, it <laughs> didn't work out have that you way. Not read through, have you not lived through the 20th century? Right, that I too. Mean, this is just not going to work. And, it's, and I'm telling you, you guys can look this up. It's already happening where people are saying, I was assaulted, I was, you know, whatever word you want to use next, in the metaverse. And the other person's kind of like, whatever. There's no morality here. I did, <laughs> my avatar did to your avatar. Who cares? You know, you, if you don't like it, go in a different metaverse. Well, okay. So now we've, we've really established... Um, that in existence, we kind of need some kind of reality of morality, of human interaction, of the ground of being, of responsibility, of even the role of creator. And the more you talk about this, the more you start hearing the actual narrative of scripture being really poorly imitated, but imitated in all of these statements, Mm. is that we need a creator we need morality. We need to understand what this existence is and how it works. We need an escape from the negative things we experience. And this is all very much in kind of a, a very weird way, <laughs> a reflection of the biblical narrative. Yeah. And this is, is something that as Christians... We, we really want to take some time and think this through. What does it mean that God is creator? What does it mean 
that God has given us his law as a reflection of his holy will, not just for Christians, but for all of humanity. What does it mean that sin has consequences and the, the greatest consequence is death that all humans experience because all humans are sinful? What does it mean that God has called us to exist in community with other humans who are also fallen and our actions actually have consequences for each other. What does that mean? And does that all matter, or is that just kind of window dressing that we can either accept and live in or move to a different reality and ignore? Hmm. And I think that's really kind of some of the fundamental questions that are being asked by the existence of the metaverse is, is the biblical worldview an option? Hmm. Is there another way to exist. And what that really means is we're questioning whether or not God is real or just a construct of our experienced reality. So if we talk about this in terms of Christology and a Christological hermeneutic, where do we start unpacking the this competing worldview. <laughs> so so I think what, what this all leads us to is really pondering what it means to exist as a spiritual person and whether or not that means moving away from my physical existence and my physical experiences to a higher plane of existence and a higher plane of experience. Because a lot of people think that when you become spiritual, you somehow start existing on a higher plane or a different plane. Um, one of our favorite atheist people that we've talked to a couple or listened to a couple times, he likes to describe Christianity as the best escapist theory there is, <laughs> right? And, and which I think he's, you know, from his point of view, he's probably accurate in that. He's like, I've looked at all the escapist theories, and Christianity is the best. <laughs> you know, you kind of got it all figured out, kind of thing. Well, and that's kind of the question: is is Christianity an escape from our reality. And the incarnation of Jesus Christ screams, no, it's not. Mm. God does not call us out of our existence. Instead, he redeems our existence. And he does that not by creating a different reality, but, but by him himself entering his own creation in order to restore all the brokenness. Not to say, let's pretend it doesn't exist and find something better, but to actually fix it. Hmm. And he does it through the very death and resurrection of Jesus. And when we start thinking that way, we go back and we look at the scriptures from, the, from Genesis through Revelation and back again, and you find out that God does spiritual stuff. Those are technical terms. Does spiritual stuff. Especially stuff. Especially yeah. stuff. Through physical means. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So God does spiritual stuff through physical means. And this sometimes just blows people's minds because they've never thought this through before, but, but this is so important for us to remember. When God wants to interact with humans, he does it physically. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And yep. He does it through actual people going to do things. He does it through actual physical means by which he interacts with humans. So Moses meets God not on a spiritual plane somewhere, but in a burning bush, yeah, right? The, when God wants to set his people free from Egypt, he doesn't do it on a spiritual plane in Pharaoh's head or Pharaoh's heart. He physically 
brings his wrath upon, against Egypt and then physically removes his people from Egypt and delivers them through the physical deliverance of the Red Sea crossing. And one thing I thought of is when he speaks, even when he speaks to Samuel, it's actual, it's actual audible words. As a matter of fact, he thinks it's Eli yeah. in the other room. That's how real it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not some spiritual existence. It's not some impression or yeah. some feeling that I think God is speaking to me. And, and this then is obviously all a, prof, a prophetic movement toward the incarnation of Jesus, mm-hmm. when God actually becomes flesh. And what we realize is when God becomes flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, we look back at the Old Testament, we realize that God has always not only worked through physical means, but he's actually always worked through people. Yeah. Right? So yeah. God working through physical means, we call that sacramental, right? Mm-hmm. That he comes to his people through physical means. That's kind of a sacramental idea, right? But the, And then the idea that he always works through humans to bring about this is incarnational, right? Okay. In the, so the whole idea of the incarnation is that God, the creator, enters his creation and actually works through his creation to save his people. Since we're recording this in December, did we just make this a Christmas episode, Kevin? It's always a Christmas episode. <laughs> so, so what this means is... Christmas in the metaverse. A lot of this metaverse is to get away from that reality. Yeah. And... I want to live... In, in a way that says, God, you screwed up. I'm going to go do something better. Or I don't think you saved all of this the way it needs to be saved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of this language is we see the problem. Like I always say to you, Peter, correct diagnosis, Yep. wrong yep. solution. Yeah. So we look at the world and go, this place is a mess. People <laughs> are dying. People are evil. You know, it's not getting better. It's actually getting worse. We've had 5,000 years to correct this and we're not doing it. That's true. Yep. Good observation. Interesting that he picked 5,000 years, by the way. Yeah. I, I don't it's, know if any of our listeners picked that up. I was like, 5,000? Why, why was that the number why you picked? Why would you say that? Huh, okay. So, which we would even say it's more than that. Yeah. We're, I mean, 6,000, maybe as much as 10. I don't know. Whatever right. the I actual mean, we, number is, but. Still, he's in the ballpark. Five is kind of an interesting number. He didn't say four billion, you know. Right. I mean, <laughs> wow. But but the whole idea that we look around our world and and we acknowledge that it's messed up, that it's broken, it's bent, it's dying, it's decaying, um, all of our promise of progress has fallen flat. You know, it's it's just not good. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> and the solution, therefore, is to escape this and create our own reality. And what you're saying is God's solution of sending his son was wrong Hmm. or incomplete or insufficient. And that's really where I think, you know, the Christian is drawn back to scripture to say, yes, my sin is a problem. Yes, death is a problem. Yes, society is falling apart. Yes, wars and rumors of wars and natural disasters are increasing or at least continuing pandemics are happening that's never happened before. Mm. Illnesses are on the rise. With all of our medical advancement, people are still dying. Yep. Matter of fact, at the exact same rate they always have been. (laughs) And you kind of look around and you say, what's going on? What's the point? What's the solution? And the scriptures are written to tell us the solution. Mm. The solution is Jesus. It's his death. It's his resurrection. It's his defeat of sin, death, and the devil. It's his promise of the return 
when he will make all things brand new, when there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And when we start embracing ideas like the metaverse, we start calling into question the goodness and the sufficiency of God's solution to our problem. And we start saying, I'm going to find a solution outside of Christ and inside of my own ability to create or to fix. And that's the most dangerous part of this, is we start putting ourselves in the place of God once again, which is Mm self-idolatry. And the most heinous form of that is when we start thinking that we can do what God sent Jesus to do. So the, 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 the incarnation of Christ himself, well, let's just say Jesus himself and the incarnational and sacramental reality of who he is and who we therefore are as Christians are realities that at the very least are going to limit what we can say about the metaverse. For example, <clears throat> David Soto is the founder of VR Church. Go mm-hmm. to vrchurch.org. I've been following him for a while. I met him in person at a conference a few years back and kind of been following him ever since. Uh, in one of his newsletters recently and in some of the talks that he's been doing, here's here's something he has said. So this is a Christian, uh, who somebody who, uh, based on his confession of faith in Christ, we would call a brother in Christ. Um, but at the same time, we got questions. Right. <laughs> I got 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 I got some questions Excuse for me. you. Hold on. Here here's what he says. Um if you if you've heard us mentioning uh, virtual reality baptisms on this mm-hmm. podcast, I think we've talked about that a little bit. He's the guy doing it. Here's what he says. The fullness of the ecclesia can be experienced in the metaverse. This means the metaverse church is not lacking in any way. Based on what you've just talked about and what you've laid out. That statement is false. Yes. <laughs> it's like, entirely false. We can't actually say that as Christians because we are then denying the incarnational and sacramental reality of Christ and Christianity itself. If we're going to so, say ecclesia is totally viable in every way in the metaverse. So what happens is when we start buying into this idea of existing in a reality that is either in addition to this one or to supplant this one. Now that's assuming he means the same thing we mean when we say ecclesia. I'll right. just put that out right. there real Who quick. That you, but, <laughs> but, but the issue is, is when we start kind of moving away from the way that God has given us this creation that means that the way God has given us to be saved, we're also moving away from those things. Yeah. And we start saying, well, I can make a way for this to be okay over here, and therefore God has to fit there somehow. And the real danger is that this movement away from a physical gathering of believers, even watching church online, all these things that we have started to do, we're removing ourselves from the intent of the creation, which is that we are physically spiritual beings and that God gathers us together physically in a spiritual body of Christ called the church. And he comes to us, again, not only spiritually meaning departed from our bodies or kind of intellectually in our minds or in our hearts, he actually comes to us physically. Mm -hmm. And when we start removing those things, 
we really start calling into question whether or not we can trust that God is coming or, or present yeah. because we're no longer receiving the things that he gave us to receive in the way that he gave them. And, and we're now saying and the, this is part of the reason he gave them, also works. And part of the reason he gave them is so that we can have that certainty. Yes. It's like he knows how quickly we will doubt and disbelieve anything and everything. And probably should <laughs> yeah. from our experience <laughs> exactly. in, our, in our vision. So it's like, look, I, I gave you these things, this bread and this wine. I gave you this thing so that you don't doubt so that or so that you do believe. Right. This water combined with my name I've given to this so that you do believe because he knows our own sinful nature and, and how easily and one of the things that I constantly say in my congregation is he also gave me you as you confess the creed out loud mm-hmm. to remind me that the spirit is still at work in this world creating faith in sinful hearts yeah and the fact that you and I can stand next to each other and confess the Apostles Creed Nicene Creed, Athanasian Creed, even pray the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. What an encouragement that the Holy Spirit is active, still doing it. Mm-hmm. And when you when you aren't standing next to somebody, when you aren't physically gathered together, you start to kind of lose this intentional way that God has called his church to exist. And I, th- I think the real caution is not to get into the whole idea of disembodied Christianity and those kind of things. That has its own, we can do that sometime too. But really to look at, are we now telling God he must exist in the reality we create instead of desiring to exist in the reality that God created? Hmm. And when we make that move, we also then start changing the means through which he has given us salvation from our sins, from death. And we start saying that God has to conform to our creation and our limitations, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start saying, well, the church has to be able to exist over here because that's where I am. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've kind of <laughs> well, got I something mean, backwards. Th- th- this really, to put, to put the best construction on, you know, somebody like David Soto, a lot of the reason they're doing what they're doing is because in these virtual worlds, they are encountering people that seem to be unable to actually physically get to a church for one reason or another. Yes. Or, and I mean this going a little further, they are unwilling to step foot in an actual church, but let's just focus on some who, who simply can't like for whatever, whether it's, usually a health reason, or maybe there simply isn't one anywhere near them. And so the logic is, well, this is all we have for that person. Therefore, it must be good enough because this is right. all there is. And then, you, and then you're off and running. And that's exactly and right. And the, there's, there's the danger right there. And one of the things <laughs> that we talked about in the last time we presented this was the question of, of spreading the gospel in the metaverse there's one thing to say the church can exist. There's another thing to question whether or not the gospel can be spread yeah. or proclaimed. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's a, a separate issue altogether. Yeah. And what what you do in the metaverse is different than can the church exist right. in the metaverse. So, yeah, we do want to be and clear how, about that. And how we live out our faith 
in all areas of our life is a different question than where the church exists and how we talk about uh, word and sacrament ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you said, a lot of these people, the books that I've read from pastors that are doing this, a lot of their their intentionality and reasoning is something that we'd consider um, looking at the mission of the church, yeah. desiring to, to bring the gospel to people that are, don't know Christ. And, you know, as one of our finger, favorite singers says, we're all for that. <laughs> so, um, Which singer is that? Uh, Steve Taylor. Oh, talking about Banner Man. Yes, um, Banner Man. Yeah, how did I get? So that was a thumbnail on one of our episodes, actually. We, yeah. We want to make sure that we're not limiting God and saying his word can't have effect in the metaverse. We're, we're not saying that. Yeah. God's word can have his effect in the metaverse. That's fine. But the the point is, it's still part of the physically word, created reality that yeah, it's that actually he made. oddly enough, it's actually still in his. trying to escape it. It's like nope, right. still in still it. there. Yep. But but the other is, issue is that the word that will that can or or may be proclaimed in the, in the metaverse is a word that will draw people to the reality that God created. Yeah, not further into the metaverse. Yeah. And, and as, I think as, that's as, the as move you for phrased the it, as you phrased it, I, one of the times we were talking about this, when when Christians walk into the metaverse, in the same way where we walk in anywhere else, whether it's on the Saturday morning soccer field with your kids or you're going to the the you know happy hour in the bar after work or something, um, you're still walking in and saying, repent. Mm-hmm. You're wrong, right? In terms of your your sinfulness, the solution to this is Christ, and you can find Him over here, right? Let let let's go gather let's together go. over there. Go where He is. That's 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 the way it always is as a Christian. That doesn't change, right? In the metaverse, right? That doesn't change on the internet. It didn't change on the internet. It, right? We always seem to have a learning curve of like figuring and it, out, and it didn't change with the printing press, and it's it didn't a, change with a light bulb, and it didn't right. change with the automobile. You know, yeah. as a matter of fact, all these technologies, if you look at them, the correct way to use them is to draw people to church on Sunday, not yeah. keep them away from church yeah. on Sunday. And I think that's that's what I would even talk to some of these pastors about is if there's somebody who can't physically go to church, then why not contact a pastor near that person and see if the pastor can visit that person? That, you know, that, that is the solution the church right. came up with for that problem. Right, and that's <laughs> yes. what we have always done. Yes. And sure, if you want to talk to that person about the gospel, maybe share scripture with them on the, in the metaverse, okay. But the goal of that is going to be get them to Christ, not change Christ to fit their reality, mm-hmm. but to show that Christ is actually a greater reality than what they're experiencing, whether it's in the metaverse or outside the metaverse in our reality, is that the reality of Christ is actually greater than my reality. And and this is one of the fundamental kind of, as you grow in your understanding of Scripture and in your faith, is you start realizing that that Jesus is actually the reality that I, that I desire to exist in. Yeah. Right? Yep. I'm not trying to make him fit my reality. My reality is actually the problem. <laughs> it's much greater to exist in his reality. This is actually what it means to walk by faith and yes. not by sight. We, we know this already as Christians. We don't determine reality by what we see around us. We determine it by what Jesus tells us 
it is. So I, I don't feel saved. Sometimes I don't look like a Christian, but Jesus says, no, 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 my reality is right. I chose you in your baptism. I continue to save you and choose you every Sunday morning right. in, in the absolution when you take my body and blood. Like I'm, I'm, That's the actual reality, even when on a daily basis something bad happens to you and you think, oh, I, I guess God doesn't love me now. It's like, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> Stop looking at the world so, around you. <laughs> one of the things that, that I've been doing lately is, is meditating a lot. It's funny to say that. <laughs> on Psalm 1, uh, just some things that are going on in my life is driven me to the Psalms. And Psalm 1 continues to just be a, a text that, that resonates. And I think the amazing thing in Psalm 1 is it says, blessed is a man. And then it says the things he doesn't do, right? He doesn't hang out with sinners and all that kind of stuff, walk with... Sit in the seat of scoffers. Sit in the seat of scoffers and all that kind of stuff. But what does he do instead? It's not that he goes, hangs out with the righteous people. He meditates on the Torah Yahweh. He meditates on the Word of God. Why? Because that Word of God creates reality. Hmm. Right? Yeah. It actually creates the good reality of God. And what you do when you meditate on Torah Yahweh and the Word of God is you're meditating on Christ Jesus himself. And you learn to see your life in Christ. And pretty soon you realize that my interaction with every human is shaped by what Christ has done on the cross. My understanding of my identity, which is a big deal these days, is shaped by what Christ did on the cross. My role as a father is shaped by what Christ did on the cross, right? My understanding of this world and how I interact with this world is shaped by what Christ did on the cross. And instead of escaping it, see, Christ actually redeems our reality and forgives our sins and gives us eternal life. So that now, what does Paul say in Romans 6? You've died to sin, don't live any longer, but instead live in the resurrection of Christ into which you were baptized. See, now, he doesn't say escape sinful reality. He says live in the resurrected reality that is in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to do for people. Not say, yeah, let's run away from all these problems, but to point them to the solution of the problem, which is the very death and resurrection of Christ. Jesus is our, our reality. Jesus is reality. Mm -hmm. And that is the crucial conversation. That's all we got for you guys today on, on the metaverse. Um, maybe we'll have a follow-up if you got questions on anything we've said in this episode and want us to do a follow-up episode. We will love to we would love to do that for you. Send them into questions at crucialproductions.org. You want to ask us other questions, go to crucialproductions.org, click the ask a question uh, link at the top there, fill out the form. That sends an email to me and I send it off to Kevin and we we discuss it. We do have a couple of those that have come in. Um, in the last year or so that we haven't gotten to yet. So just know that if you've sent one in that way, we have gotten them. Um, we just haven't gotten to recording episodes and talking about them. So we, we are doing our best not to, we're not ignoring anything, um, but it's, it takes us some time to get to them sometimes. So we're going to continue this, this theme of taking our, our Christological hermeneutic and applying it to, to the real world in this way to teach you to see Jesus as reality. I think that's actually a, it's kind of turned out to be a good episode to kind of introduce mm -hmm. that concept with this nice foil of the, the metaverse mm -hmm. and its reality. 
I'm doing scare quotes on, on a podcast. See. Nobody can see that. But anyways, thank you all for joining us and sticking it out for this extra long episode. And we will uh, see you next time. See ya.